0: Anybody in love today? (laughs) If you're married, better say amen right now.
1: Amen. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Thank you, baby.
1: I'm in love. I'm in
0: love, too. I like you a lot. I like you a lot. So there was this couple celebrating 70 years of marriage. They sat on their front porch watching the sunset, and the husband got all romantic feeling. How many of us guys can feel romantic, too? Right, fellas? Isn't that right? (laughs) Yeah. You guys did much better this service than the first (laughs) service. But yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people think that romance is just for girls and for strange guys. <laughs> but, but, but no, we both need romance. Guys need romance. We might express it differently, but anyway, that's no sermon for another day. But, but we all need romance. And romance is a decision, by the way. It's not a skill or an ability. It's a decision. I should teach on that. Yeah. Anyway, so the husband was feeling romantic, and he looked at his wife, and he said, Our love is tried and true. She said, what? He said, our love is tried and true. She said, speak up, I can't hear you. So now he's a little frustrated. He goes, our love is tried and true. And she said, well, I'm sick of you too. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the case today. We're going to talk today about the marathon of marriage. Yes, It's yeah. not a sprint. It's a marathon. So it's not what can we make happen because we can all make that happen, but what can you keep making happen for a long time, right? Yes. And yes. so, if you are maybe you're uh, in the dating phase of your relationship, that's a fun phase. But if maybe your relationship is romance deficient, what should they do?
1: If you're in the dating phase, uh-huh. if you're in the dating phase of of uh, relationship singles out there, uh, how many singles we got in the house today? Woo, make some noise, okay, let everybody Gosh, know. Raise your hands again and then look <laughs> around the room. That's right, that's right. So for the singles in the house, you know, if if, if the other person that you're dating isn't very romantic, I would suggest to run because, <laughs> because, I mean, if you're dating, once you throw in a couple of kids and some bills and some life that happens, if you can't, I, I'm sort of teasing, you know, you can work on it. Even when you're dating, it maybe not run if, if you're in a relationship that you know that God has called you to be in. Communicate about it. Yeah, yeah communicate talk about, about it, it and talk about it and get... Get that right on this side of the ring, because you you'll be glad that you did <clears throat> when you get sure. on the other side of the ring, Yeah, right? so
0: really, when we say romance, what we mean is developing relationship skills that you will need to get you through the entirety of your marriage.
1: Yeah, As I like how you say, you know, about, talk about being uh, bilingual.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: Um Emotionally, emotionally bilingual. Yes.
0: Yeah, because we—how you many know men and women speak different languages, Amen. right? So, <laughs> so you have to become a little bilingual if you're going to make it work. Yeah. Because for me, um, romance means something different than her. I'm, a, I'm for a guy. I'm, I'm a rom- I am a romantic. And, yeah.
1: He's and really the guy. He's really the romantic one of the two of us. I have to make it more intentional and think. Yeah. What can I do romantic?
0: But you do, uh-huh. and I appreciate it. Yes. So I'm, I bring her flowers, and for years she's like, "Would you please quit bringing me flowers? Just I'd rather have the ten bucks." <laughs> I'm like,
1: "What?" What is wrong with this girl? Yeah. You know? So,
0: But I bring her flowers anyway, so.
1: He actually, it wasn't about that. It was something else. <laughs> but he did ask if he could get a refund on me from my parents. He's like, she's weird. Oh, like can in I, the first can, year of our marriage, can I I'm like.
0: return her? Is there they're a like, warranty? Nope. She, they're like, no. Nope. <laughs> she's yours. No returns. <laughs> and I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't return just you, baby. Just kidding, just kidding. Yeah, so, like for um, ladies, their needs, they need security. They need communication. Uh, what else y'all need? Um, <laughs> Sex. Well, really? Did you hear that? No. <laughs> you got that on film, right?
1: Uh, <laughs> we need communication. communication. We need security. security.
0: Romance. Romance.
1: Quality Guy, time. Quality time.
0: Guys, we need fun. We need respect. Sex is our, on top of our list. We're pretty shallow if you think about it. You know, Fun, sex, and respect. That's what we need. So, In any order, it can be respectful sex and fun. It could be fun sex and respect. Anyway. But
1: you know, one thing that you have talked about before that I never had really thought about is how women are physically modest and men can be
0: emotionally, emotionally modest. modest. Yeah. So like, I mean, right now I could rip my shirt off in front of all you guys. Uh, you might not enjoy it, but I wouldn't care either way. Um, I mean, cause I'm we're, we're physically, we're not very modest. Um, but emotionally we're very modest. She's not going to rip her shirt off up here on the stage. You got to go somewhere else for that. But, um, uh, but not Harvest Church, not Harvest Church. Right. Um, but like if, um, for example, when it's time to make love, she wants to make sure the door's only closed but locked, the lights are off, um, are the kids asleep? You know, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I'm like we have a door? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and I want the lights on, for her. but anyway, um, because she's physically modest. But like women could sit at a table at lunch in public and talk about their feelings and loudly, loudly. <laughs> and as a man, we're kind of like looking around, like, like can can't keep that down? Like, let's talk <laughs> about this at home with the door <laughs> shut and locked and the lights low. Yeah. So emotionally, we're modest. Physically, they're modest. But if you know that about each other, yes. that's half the battle. It really is. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about running this marathon. All right. Because a lot of times, uh, dating, it's like two rivers that are running parallel. But when you get married there's they cross and they mingle and they merge and so two lives are made to be one and so you have to think all right and I will say this that sprints are short bursts but marathons are they require endurance and some training and some preparation and you have to have fuel for that long distance race so what fuels us for the marathon of marriage Um, and before you answer that I also want to say that there are benefits to long-term love that short-term love, you never, I feel sorry for people who, um, they've been married for three years, they get a divorce, they've been married for seven years, they get a divorce, they're on their third or fourth marriage, and if that's your testimony, no condemnation, I'm just telling you, you keep postponing the really good stuff. Um, because I mean, we've been young and passionate in love and that was awesome and we enjoyed that now we're in a different phase we're still passionate and still pretty young actually but, uh, uh, and still in love but there's a different quality to our love now because it's mature and we've been happily married for 24 years and um, we've been married for 25 but anyway we'll come back to that in a minute <laughs> she thought I forgot we've been happily married for 24 years and but when you short circuit love when you look for a way out instead of a way through You short-circuit yourself because a lot of people think this. Well, I just married the wrong person. Um, And you thought that. And you thought that. (laughs) (laughs) And the point is, we've all thought that. If you've been married for more than, like, I don't know, three days.
1: But the day you said I do, that became the the right right person. person. And we had to make that decision, you know, for ourselves. And I think that helped us get all in.
0: Because everybody's uniquely screwed up in their own special way. Yeah. Yeah. And so whoever you're married, you didn't marry the wrong person, you just married a person. That's right. And they have issues. That's so right. what, so if, we're, if I'm looking to you as my source of love, that's a limited supply because you're a person. And yeah. if you're looking to me as the source to fuel our right. love, our marriage long term, we're going to be...
1: satisfaction or your happiness in life, all of those things. Yeah, yeah. we're going to be heartbroken. Yeah, yeah.
0: So what do we look to for that fuel?
1: Do we look to passion
0: (laughs) or
1: do we look to like all the things we have in common? Oh, God, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We thought we had so much in common until we got married.
1: (laughs) Yeah, those aren't enough. Yeah, because life happens when you get
0: married. I mean, you have kids happen, bills happen, in-laws happen, temptation happens, sickness can happen. I mean, what else? Stuff happens, right? Life happens. Life happens. Yeah. So yeah. then you realize you better have a different fuel or source if you're going to stay married yeah. happily for a long time. Yeah. So what's that so source?
1: So that source, it sounds pretty churchy, but truly that source is, has to be God because God is love, the Bible right. says. That's and, right, And he is the very, he's the source but let's talk about really what that looks like. Let's break that down so that yeah. it's not so cliche-ish. You know? Right,
0: so some practical handles for that. Because yeah. I don't know about you, if you're married, like me, you've probably thought, man, if she would just change, our marriage would be awesome. Or if he would just change, our marriage would be great. Yeah. All right, you don't, don't raise your hand, but you've probably thought that if yeah. you're married. Yeah. We all have. And I've even um, prayed before to try to get God on my side. <laughs> <laughs> and let me just tell you something. I have prayed and pled my case to God about why He should be mad at her, and He just will not get upset with the sister. I don't know what's what's <laughs> the deal, because that is his. And one time he said, "He said, look, pal, that's my daughter that you're talking about." I'm like, "Well, yeah. you need to discipline your daughter because." <laughs>
1: But he will not yeah. get upset
0: with you. <laughs> I've and tried same, to get him upset with you. And
1: I've tried to get him upset with you. He, he won't get upset um, with the other person like we are. He is love. right? And, and, but he will help us. Figure out how to deal with that other <laughs> difficult person. Like one time we were dealing, dating. One
0: time we were dating, and she lived at student housing at our uh, at the Bible college that we attended, and um, and so I was being in, in our younger years. I was super insecure, and she did something that stirred my insecurity. I was being jealous, rightfully so, if I may <laughs> add. But um, <clears throat> anyway, I was. I just started being a punk. And so I just got mad, and I huffed off, and I said, oh, I'm going to the bathroom. And I went to the bathroom, and when I went into the bathroom, she prayed a prayer.
1: And I said, God, tell him that he's just being a jerk. <laughs> and y'all, when he came out of that bathroom, he said, guess what God said to me in the bathroom? I said, what? <laughs> and he said, he told me that I'm being a jerk, and I'm like, Yes. I'm like, I asked him to tell you that. And that's when I knew that God and I had a good thing going. And that's when I knew that (laughs) this was going to work because I could pray for him. And not only did I look to God as my source, that's kind of what it looked. We started looking to him as our source, even when we were dating. Yep. And, and so then, but it, it also takes two to tango for it to really work at its best and so I mean my hat's off to him that even in the middle of being a jerk he was still, he was hearing from God at least and, and then he humbled himself and he came out and, and was vulnerable with me yeah. to say that I like, never
0: forget I was drying my hands and, and I, I'm drying my hands on the towel I heard in my spirit jerk and I was like what is that? It must be the <laughs> devil yes! I said I just said it out loud, what? And the Holy Spirit said, you're being a jerk. <laughs> and if you really want to keep her, you need to go humble yourself. I'm like, oh, how many humility can be hard sometimes.
1: But, you know, mm-hmm. think about that. I didn't think about this first service. But, like, think about that little moment. And, I mean, there's so much in that. Because mm-hmm. not only did you humble yourself and come out and, you know, and say that. But, like, that just... That just started something from the very beginning for us where, you know, we can just be, we can trust God with each other.
0: Man, that's huge. All right, so what if you have a spouse who they're just not looking to God and they are not doing this, what do you do? So, uh, which is a great question, Um, and you can sick God on them like she did. You can go to God. And pray and like team up. Yeah,
1: and he, you've done that with me before, and you know, in different yeah, ways. It and
0: works both ways. Yeah. And another thing you can do is you can come to the XO conference that next week That's weekend. right. That's Invest right. Invest in your relationship.
1: Yeah, because you know, talking about that, marriage is a marathon, and any healthy relationship oh, that for that matter me. is a marathon. Um, that
0: reminds me. Speaking of the XO conference, yeah, I have a wrinkled giveaway ticket in my pocket nice who has not registered for the XO conference yet look at those hands Woo, all right look at those hands, hands. hands. all right here's what awesome. we're gonna do what if TV you're married so we're gonna give this to a married couple if you're if you're dating I encourage you to come to the XO conference okay because it will be great premarital counseling yeah and but if you're married and you've been married for seven years anybody been married for seven years not mean, over
1: seven Not like, years like or nine or years
0: but you've been married for seven years seven years, years. Seven years. Seven years. Seven years. Anybody right. at Keep seven? Keep your hand up. Anybody else at seven? All right. We have. Oh, you have. Oh yeah. We have, oh, oh wow. Seven. When's your anniversary, Cozy? May fourteenth. 14th. May 14th. How about you, brother? When's your anniversary? All right. You oh. win because that's also my birthday. Come on up. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm sorry.
1: Sorry. <laughs> that's
0: just. All right. This will get you and your significant other into the XO conference this coming weekend. Give him a big hand. Woo, 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 woo. And if you haven't registered.
1: Yeah, because so like what we were saying is it's a marathon. And and I was thinking about this on the way to church this morning about all my friends that run marathons. Uh, Not (laughs) that I have run a marathon, but I do have friends who do. And one thing I've noticed about them is they don't just wake up one day and go, oh, I'm going to run a marathon today. They plan for it like six months out, you know, sometimes a year out. And they literally, they have to register for it. They have to do certain things and build up to it. They have, to put the work in, right. and so this XO conference is a perfect time, and Investment. even just this whole uh, month of XO series for the next four, su- the next three Sundays, right? Um, yes. For the XO series, invest that into your marriage yes. because people come to us and and are wondering, you know, what's going on in their marriage, and are they going to make it, and We've all had those questions about our marriage, but one thing that we've done is is put the work in. So yeah. if yeah. you know, so
0: people have this mistaken concept that if you have, if you're married to your soulmate, then it's just going to be so easy and and whimsical and romantic and sexual and fulfilling. And and the the, the truth is, it's like a garden. And let's pretend that we live in a society where if you didn't have a garden, then you're going to starve. You have to have a garden. Mm. And gardens are a lot of work, but they're worth it. Yes. Marriages are a lot of work, but they're worth it. And yes, our marriage is romantic and sexy and hard work and fun. And, and even
1: whimsical at times. Yeah. At times. At times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times there's dishes to be washed and... Homework yeah. to be done, and oh, gosh.
1: I took a picture this morning of our, to be of our kitchen, and I was thinking about giving it to the sound booth and oh getting Lord them done, but Jesus. I didn't get Thank to you. it. But, but it is bad. I mean, because I was up here for 12 hours, I think, yesterday working and doing some things. And like, you know, something's got to give. And I, right. I thought about when I took that picture, I was thinking about you guys this morning and thinking, you know, there are going to be some people there <clears> this morning that are just saying to themselves, something has got to give. Yeah. Because you know what? You can't do it all. Right. I mean, I couldn't be up here all day yesterday from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. and get my dishes done and get ready for today. And, you know, you have your list. Right. Right? And so um, that was totally a side note and has nothing to do with really anything. But maybe somebody (laughs) needed to hear that.
0: Yeah. Give yourself Uh, a break, man. Yes.
1: Good. I see that hand. yourself some slack. (laughs)
0: Yes. So let's just say this. That if I'm looking to you as the source of love yeah and here's something that we all need everybody in the room no matter where you're from what color you are no matter where you work we all have two major needs in our life and they are we need identity you yeah. know who we are yeah. and we also need acceptance mm-hmm. now if you're looking to another human being For either of those, you're going to be sorely mistaken. Sorely disappointed, I should say. Mm -hmm. Because the only person that can provide me with my true identity is Christ. Until I know Christ, I can't know myself. Now, and there's no other place you're going to get perfect, unconditional acceptance except from Him. Mm -hmm. The only person that can love her perfectly, powerfully, and permanently Mm. is Jesus. Mm. So, if I am looking to her as my source of security, my source of identity, my so, I'm going to be... Or
1: even, even your source of respect.
0: Yeah, right? Her. Because if I'm walking... and I'll give you an example. In our younger younger days, we're still young, but in our younger days, I would, you know, I'd come walking through the...
1: Do it, do it. N- show,
0: them, show them what you do.
1: I <laughs> I'd come walking through
0: our big old 900-foot apartment. I just got out of the shower. I got my towel on. I'm being sexy, hey, girl. And she's, she's paying bills and she's like, oh, hey. And she just keeps writing. I'm like, how can you ignore this? So then the towel
1: goes to the floor. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. And that got
0: ignored too. So. <laughs> and so I'm all secure. And I'm like, man, I feel rejected yeah. and disrespected. And then I'm thinking, now how many know when we when we all feel rejected or disrespected, we all have different ways that we respond. None of, few of which are positive and life-giving. And so I got, I'm kind of a passive-aggressive. Where some people might get angry and yell, I just kind of like, all right, two can play that game. I'll just ignore you. (laughs)
1: But see, on the other side of that coin, most likely, if if I was truly paying bills at that time, I was probably feeling insecure you know, number one need of women is security, and there wasn't enough money to pay the rent. And so the last thing I want to see is him strutting through the house with a towel. (laughs) I would really rather see him out there making some more dough, you know? And this is where it gets real, right? Has anybody else been there, you know? And so, yeah. So we
0: have to look to God for our yes, security, yes, for our respect, yes. for our identity. For to, All right. So God has to be my source of love for her, and he has to be my source of love for myself. Yes. Because okay. now that I'm older and wiser, I've got some wisdom coming in on the sides here. <laughs> if, and I don't strut through the house in my towel anymore either, by the way. Um, oh, not often. <laughs> 'Cause now we got older kids, and they have girlfriends, and you know you can come there you don't ever know who's at our house. So I gotta stay up in the in the room now. So anyway, I might strut through the bedroom by a towel on. But anywho, but now okay. if she—I'm like, please, no Next more visuals. Subject. If she doesn't pay me any attention, or if she's unimpressed, or if I feel disrespected in some way, or she's in—now I can chalk it up to, okay, she's having a bad day. I'm okay. But she's having a bad day. As opposed to what's wrong with me, I'm always unsecure. Well, just because she's having an emotional storm, I don't have to get in the storm with her. I can I've learned to let her have her storm all by herself while she her and Jesus work it out. I'm gonna be over here being happy until she comes out of the rain cloud and vice versa. Yes. I can and so if I'm down in the mully grubs or or, you know, they say that the number one day that pastors resign is on Mondays, right after after Sunday. <laughs> and so if I'm having a blue Monday or something, she'd be like, okay, well, all right, you just, you know, figure that out. And I'm going to be over here doing doing my doing, happy Monday. Yeah, having, having, Yeah. <laughs> so um, we don't have to get sucked into the yeah. vortex yeah. of each other's emotional baggage. Yeah,
1: so often we've seen, and this happened to us, is we got really enmeshed. Psychologists call, call it enmeshment. You yep. can Google it. You can look it up and see if you are enmeshed um, mm. because, yes, there's the unity candle. Yes, to <laughs> become one. The rivers flow together as yes. one. But it's very unhealthy once you get so enmeshed that your entire identity is just wrapped up in each other. Yeah. It's more beautiful when you can say two separate people, then you actually have something to give. That's good. And something you you actually can give. To
0: become one. Yes. One life, but two people. Yes. That's so good. Yes. So So if I need acceptance and identity, that can only come from God. Our greatest need in life, again, uh, our greatest greatest fear is rejection. And how many know that if you live out of fear, you attract what you fear? Mm -hmm. But if you live by faith, you also attract. What you hope for. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. So instead of trying to get a response out of, out of my spouse, then what I'm going to do is if I don't get the response I want, then I'm going to be okay with, within myself because I know that I have right standing with God. She knows she has right standing with God. So with that yeah. in mind, um, an insecure man, it can be frustrating to live with or uh, an insecure woman can be frustrating to live with. So, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 1. We're going to look at two verses today. This is the first one, Jeremiah 1 and verse 5. And it says this, they're put up on the screen for you, but Jeremiah 1, 5, God's talking and he says, Before you were even formed in your mama's belly, I knew you, and I formed you. Before you were formed, I knew you, and I called you. I sanctified you. I ordained you. Mm. So before you were even a blip on your parents' radar screen, God said, I was thinking about you, and I came up with a plan Mm. for your life. So Mm. your identity has to be rooted and come from Christ, come from God. See, God sent Jesus to show us who God was, but he also sent Jesus to show us who you was. Yes. You know, a really great
1: little tip is to look through the scripture and find we have a little mini book uh, that we can get you if you're interested in this you can ask them uh, at hebrews and we could probably find them uh, for you and it's called in him Mm. there are so many scriptures throughout the bible that say in christ and we've got to find out who we are in In Christ christ because there's something that psychologists will tell us that is very human and it's called not enoughness. Mm. We all it's a it's part of the human condition that just this whole thinking of not enoughness. We all have it. Everybody has to deal with that. And it's because you know what, quite frankly, we're not enough without him. So But true. through Christ we can do all things. Yes. Amen.
0: Yes, so and true. And so
1: when we know that and we yes. have our own relationship with God, yeah. that is really where it gets good and I think
0: Yeah, here's a good another practical application that leads us to our second verse yeah. of the day and it's in the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. And we're going to start around verse 16, so I'm going to have it on my phone here. And there's two sources of love. The first is the human source or the flesh. The second is from the Spirit or from God. And this is what the Scripture has to say about that. Galatians 5, verse 16 says, "...but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire or deeds of the flesh." Mm-hmm. For the flesh sets itself against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These two are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. But, verse 18, if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh, here we go, are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, Mm. idolatry, putting things in place where only God should be. Mm. Um, Impurity, uh, sorcery, uh, enmity, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, disputes, dissensions. Somebody's like, this is describing my marriage. (laughs) Factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, for which I forewarn you, just as I did in the past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you want God's kingdom to rule and reign in your marriage, Mm. then you have to make love Mm. the king. And then it tells us how to do that. But... This is probably one of the biggest buts in the Bible right here. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. So how do we partake of that fruit? The fruit of the Spirit is love, and the results of love are joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. How many would rather that to describe your marriage than carousing and lewdness and fights and outbursts of anger all right so we have to yield to the force of love that's on the inside of us if you're a christ follower the bible says that the love of god has been shed abroad in your heart by the holy spirit so how do we yield to that
1: So we yield to the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and all of those things because, you know, the Bible says that when you were born again, that the love of God was shed abroad in your heart. So guess what? You have all the joy that you need to Mm. overcome depression right now. You have all the patience that you need to have with your spouse. You have all the self-control to stay off that computer at 1 a.m. looking at things you shouldn't be looking at. You have it. It's there. You yes. just have to access it. You just have to choose to yield to this right. instead of yield to the flesh. Yield to the spirit instead of you. How do you do that, though? Okay, that sounds great. Yay. Huh. Thanks. But how? Right. Romans 8 tells us how. It says to set your mind on things of the spirit. Because the Bible tells us that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Yes. So, so is your marriage as a couple thinks so goes their marriage. Mm. And so you can think your marriage uh, healthy Mm. by renewing your mind with the Word of God and choosing in those moments. At first, it's like riding a bike. If you're in a habit, you know, habits, we are creatures of habit. So if you're in the habit of pornography or yelling at each other or passive-aggressive behavior or whatever it is that you're dealing with, if you're in that habit... It's not about willpower because, see, love is not natural. It's supernatural. Mm. It's a supernatural force on the inside of you that you yield to. And that's why the Bible says in Proverbs to guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life, the forces Mm. of life. Mm. Those forces are there. Love never fails. And so when when your love fails, it's because you're not loving. We have flawed love, but when we yield to his love, and the fruit of the Spirit that are there on the inside of you. Right. There is no failure. It's not an option. It's not, it's just not 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 going to happen.
0: All right, so you said, as a man thinks in his heart. Speaking of men, the average man has a sexual thought every three minutes. That's on average. So some think about it more, some think about it a little less. So, so you
1: probably think about it like every minute. Okay, stop. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I, then
1: I don't get the mic often, so I got to, you now know. Now you know why.
0: <laughs> so how do we? It was we, just too easy. How do Sorry. I did tee that up for you? So but how do men guard their hearts? How do we, as a man, thinks in his yeah. heart? How do you? You said. Yeah. How, we per, you draw boundaries around things that you want to protect. That's good. So, as if you're dating, then I mean, you're obviously you're drawn to each other physically or you probably wouldn't be dating. And if you're not physically attracted to each other, you might want to date somebody else. So, cuz that is important. Yeah. Cuz marriage is very physical. All right? But it's not all physical cuz that's not enough to sustain you for yeah, the marathon. That's good. All right, but what and we'll talk about sex next week probably. In in depth, so it's so important. We keep
1: dipping into it today. I know, you know I guess, but <laughs> come back next week. For the real talk. Oh. Okay. I, I thought you were gonna attack me right right here on the platform. Okay.
0: okay. Oh my goodness.
1: Laughter is
0: very important. You gotta have a sense of humor. All right. Okay. So then back to guarding your mind yeah, 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 and your yeah, thoughts. That. So if you're single and, and you want I mean you you're you're trying not to have sex. Yeah. And if you have already sinned, and it is sin if you have sex before you're married, repent. Don't just keep doing it. Stop. Because sin kills stuff. The wage of sin yeah. is death. Yeah. So but you have to have some boundaries, draw some lines around your love, so that you don't kill the relationship before it ever gets started. So have some accountability. Yeah. Have some rules. We would never be alone together. And then if we were, it didn't last long because one of us would get up and just leave like Joseph. Run like Joseph. You know, Potiphar's wife came on to Joseph. She's like, hey cutie, I want to uh, let's make out. And Joseph didn't stand there and withstand the temptation, I can do all things through Christ. No, he ran. <laughs> Sometimes you got to run. You got to just get away from the situation, yeah, right? Good. And so like last night, I went to pick up dinner because, um, well, she told you she had a long day and, and I was preparing for today. So we we ordered out. I went to pick up the food. I let, I didn't mean to, but I left my phone at the house right where where she was sitting. I often leave my phone sitting around because if she ever wants to look at it, then she has the right to pick it up and grab it and look at it and to see she'll go sometimes she'll scroll through my text messages and see what conversations I've been having it just got quiet here did you notice that she'll see what I've been looking at on social media and she doesn't do it very often but she has that right to do that and I don't mind because if you got nothing to hide you don't have to hide anything if you do have something to hide then stop you know and so and, and if you do have something to hide the best thing you can do is just come clean humble yourself come clean repent and say i need help i love you i want to i want this to work out and when you bring something into the light it, fungus and sin both live in the dark yeah but when you bring it into the light it begins to die and lose its power mm-hmm. so if you got something you need to bring into the light bring into the light and just get it over with and keep moving forward when you're when you want to be married long term and I do baby. I want to be married to you for the rest of my life. Ditto. Then you don't look for a way out, you look for a way through. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? Now, if you if you're divorced, no condemnation. Just do it better this time. All right? All right. So, when we when we live or when we feel hurt, lonely, and frustrated, notice I said when, not if. You got to turn to God, not turn on your mate. Yeah. And this is a huge huge key. This is your practical application for the day, okay? When you when you feel hurt, disappointed, lonely, frustrated, etc., you turn to God, do not turn on your mate. And so here's your big practical takeaway today. Start your day in prayer. Start your day not together. I mean, that would be that's great if you pray together. We pray together probably once a week. That's about it. We have a family devotion on Saturdays. Not every
1: week, but yeah. Saturdays.
0: I mean, when our kids were little, we put them to bed at night. And we had yeah. a little Bible study at night, every night, and on the way to school. But now that they're older, we have a family devotion once a week, most of the time. We pray together maybe once a week. Now, we pray on our own every day. And that's what you got to do. That's the most important yeah. thing. Start your day in prayer. And it can look like, look, look like this. I'm going to give you a sample prayer. One of my own prayers, okay? This is, this is something that I actually pray on a regular basis. Ready? Dear Lord, I can't love Adrian by myself. Please fill my heart, fill my spirit with your love so I can love her like you love her. Lord, would you show me how you love Adrian? Else I might be mean to her today. <laughs> or she may call me a bad name. <laughs> Not that either of those things has ever happened. Never. <laughs> In Jesus' name, amen. Now you might think that's a silly prayer. It's a very helpful prayer. <laughs> because there's only one being in the universe that can love me perfectly, powerfully, and permanently. And it's the same one that can love her perfectly, powerfully, and permanently, and his name good. is Jesus.
1: It's so good.
0: I remember I said we've been happily married for twenty-four years. We've been married for twenty-five. And we had a we had a year that didn't go so well. And I uh we both blame it on the uh, hysterectomy. Uh, she had it on I me, mean. and he blames it on that. Yeah, I, she blames it on me. I blame <laughs> it on her. Right? That's how that works. But that was a, that was a tough year. I mean, the whole chemistry, literally, of our marriage changed. <laughs> and man, it was tough. And so I was. Oh, I cannot tell you how frustrated, lonely, angry, disappointed I I was. And she felt the same way. And I, w- I remember one day being so just mad and just, I, I-, I said, I'm going to go rake leaves. I would much rather rake leaves than be in the same room with you. <laughs> and I went out and I'm raking leaves and I'm ruff, 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 Jesus, you better change that woman. And, and so, and, um, and, now you might, and this was not very long ago. This was like seven years ago. Yeah. And so, and I'm out there raking leaves uh, complaining to the Lord about her, trying to get him as upset with her as I am. And he just would not get upset with the sister. But and as I'm talking to him about her, then the Lord begins to talk to me about her. Ah. <laughs> and so when he began to talk to me about how much he loves her while he loves her, my heart began. So finally, I, I, my prayer, my complaints turned into things more like, Lord, forgive me. And Lord, help me. I'm just so frustrated. I'm so um, disappointed. I'm so, and just filling the blank. And the Lord just began to minister to me about how much he loved her. And then I began to turn, because I had turned my heart away from her. But thankfully I turned it to him. And then as I turned it to him, he began to turn my heart, help me turn my heart back to her. And I turned my heart back to her. And I remember one day, she even said it out loud. She said, your heart's turned back toward me again, isn't it? And I said, yes it is. Yes it is. And it healed that rift that happened in our marriage we've been married for 18 19 years at that time and you would think man married that long but look we all face stuff that we have an enemy and got marriage was God's idea and we have an enemy that wants to separate and divide us and break us and and all divorce is is unresolved conflict where people have turned their hearts away from each other and it, listen it happens to us all nobody loves Jesus more than me or her <laughs> And we're pastors, for goodness sake, but, even the, but we're not immune. And so you still have to put in the work. And is it worth it?
1: It's worth it. Now
0: that we're on the other side of that challenge that we had, I'm telling you, it's worth it. I'm so glad we got through that because we never would have gotten to what we have now had we not gotten through that. Yeah. So, I mean, we our sex life is amazing. Our, we're very romantic we have fun. We're actually, something that we have now that we didn't have as much then is that we're buddies. And men need that, ladies. We want a buddy. We want a, we want a pal to have fun with. And I know it sounds shallow or whatever, but that's a, that's a need that your man has. Give that to him. Because I'm telling you, you think, well, I just want him to talk. Let me tell you how to get your man to talk, Okay have fun with him Mm -hmm. because when he's relaxed and having fun and laughing he'll open up and start talking to you yeah not the candlelight dinner when you're staring across the table that's great that's when she's probably going to open up but he's going to open up when he's relaxed and he's having fun he's like hey this is my friend i can trust her so now i'm going to open up Mm -hmm. okay and so that when we say we need recreational companionship it's to your benefit All right, so that was not in my notes, but it'll help you. So, when you turn your heart to God about your spouse, that's when you become a helpmate and not a hurtmate. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, you know, the other side of that coin during that tough season for us was being the people pleaser that I can be. I immediately just started thinking, oh, my goodness, if we can't work this out, like, I was actually thinking of you, and I'm like we're going to let our church down, we're going to let our kids down, you know? And, like, I really got to this place where I was like, we have got to figure this out. Mm. And, and I haven't shared this publicly that much, but what you don't know behind the book, Happy Anyway, that I wrote, is it was really partially, it wasn't all this, but it was partially, oh, thank you, <laughs> it was partially a uh, revelation that I could be happy anyway, even with or without him. Yeah. Even if he got so frustrated with me and raking the leaves that he decided to leave me, and this church fell apart, and you all started hating our guts and all that, and no matter what, I had to get a revelation that with or without anybody on this planet, I could be happy anyway because of (laughs) my God loves me. And you know what, women, women, when you get happy anyway, nothing is more attractive to your husband. That's true. Than you being happy. So true. And that was all a part of me working out my storm. And when I went through, it was really like a depression that I was going through. And he's like, she's broken. I don't know if I'm getting her back. And I may, you know, and then Mm. immediately when you have just a griping (laughs) wife all the time, who's. You know gaining 10 pounds a month and and just not the supermodel he married and I'm still not that and just that whole you know when like but like he said he's not ever going to be enough for me and I'm not ever going to be enough for him right
0: and it's so but good we don't have
1: to be enough for each other yes we have to just be enough for him
0: yes and when you're enough for him then you're enough for each other yes. it's so good yes. not to depend on a person but to depend on God. And when you start doing that, that's when it works. So you might think, well, I'm not a pastor. I'm not as spiritual as you are. Or or you're thinking, well, what if trust has been broken? What if there's been infidelity in our relationship? And I'm thankful that we didn't have that hurdle to overcome. But listen, it's the same principle. You turn your heart to God. Instead of turning on your mate, you turn to God. And then you say, God, sick him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, Tell him he's being a jerk. Yeah. And <laughs> God, you fix her. I can't. I don't only only I don't even know if you can, God. You turn to God and let him end the marriage, then it works. Yeah. No matter what has happened up until now, you can over you can do all things through Christ that strengthens yes, you. Amen. So uh, maybe you've um uh, you've been through a difficult relationship, maybe you've been hurt, but you're and you're asking, will our love last forever? Can we endure this marathon of marriage? Can we have a lifelong love affair? If God is your source, yes, absolutely. If he hasn't been up till now, if you'll make that change today, you will begin to see things. It might not happen overnight, but you will see things shift and change in your relationship. And you can experience the joy of marriage because every good garden it produces fruit and fruit that you're meant to enjoy mm-hmm. so i encourage you: to put the hard work in water the garden pull the weeds build the fence around your love run off the varmints and awesome. spread the fertilizer <laughs> everything that a garden needs and you'll be so happy yeah. that you did yeah. and get your happy anyway from Jesus and when she when that happened uh, it was an answer to my prayer cuz I'm like okay lord I'm not abandoning ship but you got to do something here jesus and and he began and she began to hear from god and she began to work out her salvation i began to work out my salvation and god healed that broke and now that we've been broken and now that we're healed and if you've been broken or maybe you're broken right now in your relationship you will be stronger in the broken places yeah. and what the enemy meant for harm, God will use for good. Amen. Amen. good. So we just want to pray for you today. Uh, Would you just grab hands with your spouse or your boyfriend, girlfriend, and if you're single, just (laughs) grab your own hand, and we're going to believe God with you for the right one. (laughs) Father, in Jesus' name, we just speak blessing over marriages today. Those watching us by Facebook Live or on the the live stream over in the family venue, every marriage represented here today. We just ask, Lord God, that your presence would be felt and seen and heard in every relationship, in every marriage, and that you would get glory by us demonstrating, by you demonstrating through us that love yes. and marriage can last. Yes. And, and it was your idea, and it's a good idea. And let's be testimonies to the world of what it looks like to have Christ as the center of our relationship. A three-strand cord is not easily broken. And Holy Spirit, right now, we welcome you into our relationship. Just say that under your breath. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, into our marriage. Jesus, we make you the center of our marriage. In your name we pray. If you'll just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed today. We never like to close our service without giving folks the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of their life. Maybe... You need to make Him the Lord of your marriage or Lord, the Lord of your life personally, individually. If you'd say, Pastor, that is, please include me in that prayer, then I want to invite you to pray it right now with us today. Say it like you mean it. And while everybody's got their eyes closed and their heads bowed, if you'd say, that's me, Pastor, include me in that prayer. Just slip your hand up real quick. Not going to embarrass you, not going to point you out or make you walk to the front. But I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. All right, God bless you. See your hand. God bless you. Two, three, four. God bless you. Awesome, five, gotcha, six, excellent, awesome. See you as well. Seven, God bless you. There's many more. If you, if you raised your hand or should have raised your hand, our whole congregation, our whole family is gonna pray this prayer with you right now. Let's all say it today. Let's say it like you mean it. Say, dear Heavenly Father, dear Heavenly Father I, repent sin, I repent of my sin and I declare Jesus I declare as, the as the Lord of my life. From this day forward, I may not be perfect, perfect. but I am perfectly yours. Fill me with your spirit spirit. and give me the power I need to live this new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, we believe you were just born again. God bless you. Welcome home.